Hello, everybody, and welcome back to All Things Medical Assistant. I am your host again, Santino Tez, for this podcast. And first and foremost, as always, I want to say thank you to all those that have stuck around, come back to listen to, uh, continue to listen to what it is that I have to say. And uh, for all those international listeners, thank you again for uh, for sticking around as well. I keep seeing the numbers uh, crawl up little by little, so really, really appreciate and continue to listen. And if you all think of anyone that might be interested in listening to this podcast or find it interesting, please do so on forward. And, you know, most of all, and I'm very excited today because I finally got my witch. One of my intentions to begin with was is to get you, the audience involved, you, the crowd involved, you, if you're in the medical field, if you're in the banking, whatever field you're in, customer service, just dealing with people, how it affects your life. But obviously, this is medical assisting. You can apply really to anything because it's it's an emotional thing here. So, I'm proud to introduce to you Zach. He's the first uh, guest here for all things medical assistant. Hey, Zach, man, thanks for being on here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm great, Tim. You know, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I was very excited to, to find this podcast, and I'm even more excited to be able to come here and contribute and be a part of it. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Let me ask you real quick. How did you find... Uh, the, the podcast yeah so I was actually interested in, in possibly setting up my own I haven't uh, done anything like that any broadcasting at all uh, but I I love talking about it I'm really passionate about it so I uh, basically googled to see if it even existed and where we were at and all things medical assisting came up and I was quite excited uh, actually to see somebody had done that and not to mention that you're geographically um, close to where I am cool uh, yeah that's, that's a big help so it was it was really uh, it was really inspiration to, to see that somebody else is doing that other people feel similar that I do. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's just like I said. I think it's a very important thing. You know, as the medical assistant, you know, the role has grown so much. Uh, job descriptions have changed. Responsibilities have changed. You know, like I said in one other episode, I remember when I started, it was mostly blood draws, office detail, capillary draws, stuff like that. But now, you know, your office managers. You know, you can learn on the job, anything, casting, x-rays, whatever, you know, the, the MA role actually helps you just, you can establish your life, like I said. So <clears throat> again, man, thanks for being here. So I want to start by asking you, so why medical assistant? What was it that drew you to medical assistant? Why didn't you go the way of, let's say, you know, engineer or mechanic or, you know, call center or whatever? Why was it, why was it, med- well, first of all, how long have you been in an MA? I've been a medical assistant of approximately 14 years, since 2007. Okay. That's a long time. That's a long time. A lot of people can retire after that. <laughs> yeah. But why Why medical assistant? Why did you choose medical assistant? You know, it just, uh, I, I I had a rough kind of younger year, and I, I did the, the high school thing and, and came out of it and ultimately ended up dropping out and doing the GED. Um, I did customer service for some time in different fields, retail, food service. Um, I actually really enjoyed it because I feel like customer service is something that uh, it sounds simple, but really it can be difficult to, to do with any real um, passion. And so I, uh, but I also was fairly exposed to the medical world um, as a child around my family growing up, and I found it fascinating. And I found that as a, a good, at the time, it was an entryway into the medical field. Um, I, at where I, I was in California at the time, and uh, it was very reasonable to go to. It worked with my my, my job, my schedule, um, and so I got into it. I, I had thought about being an MA for quite some time before that, but that was sort of that gave me the push right there to do it. I was just in the right place and to move forward with my life. And uh, 
ever since I started, I've just, I've loved it. I mean, I, I love I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you've excelled. I mean, <clears throat> for you to take on, you know, to be a guest on a, on a show like this, I mean, it's, it's obvious to me that you've, you've made a life for yourself out of it. And you, you, you hold it, you cherish it, you know the person you are, you know the good MA you are, and you provide that service because you, be, you believe in it. A lot, I mean, we'll agree, right? There's a lot of people out there that have no business being medical students. I mean, unfortunately, you do come across those people yeah, that, for so, whatever reason, maybe aren't as yeah. into it or passionate. Um, so. And so, I, you know, it happens, I think, in any field. Yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I take pride in what I do, you know, uh, processing paperwork, you know, doing the, the physical clinical stuff it does take skill, but ultimately, uh, to be able to perform those duties with training, I feel like most people could do that, but to be able to do it, not just know how to do it, but why you're doing it and, you know, how it's, a, how it's affecting the person that you're treating and, 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 uh, doing it with a level of customer service or bedside mm-hmm. manner yeah. that, that really can very affect the bedside manner. That's very important. Bedside manner. And so, you know, when you finished school and you went out looking for your first MA position, what was that? What, how did you start as an MA right out of school? What was your first? Position? Yeah, that's actually a great thing. So it was, uh, unexpected. I actually was, um, a research coordinator for, a, for a, a small company in California. Um, I was, you know, the, the hands-on experience was, was minimal, but it got me a lot of, you know, it reinforced training sort of in, you know, in HIPAA, you dealt with a lot of, um, you dealt with a lot of uh, trial participants, you know, and there's special rules around that. Uh, we got to deal with, um, you know, there's certain, uh, you say, agencies that, 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 that deal with those rules. And yeah. I worked with some really great people. I had a manager at the time, a supervisor who was, uh, she was spectacular. And my coworkers, and they just, they were very, very uh, willing to just help me along and to learn. That's and, awesome. And go from there. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, as you said, <clears throat> everywhere has its personality, but I think it's just great when, you know, because I, I think, you know, paths will cross with specific in certain jobs in certain areas you know and, and when you do come to an area or when you do come into a job where you're you have people willingly to teach you and push you along the way that's just an amazing thing yeah. and unfortunately i'm sure there's a lot of ma's that have that drive that gusto but don't get that support you know and and, and again hopefully they can hear this and understand that you know they've taken the right step you know they've made this commitment not only to academically or rather financially take on an academic you know be in debt for however many years but to push themselves, consider continuing their education. <clears throat> you know, consider you know, continue just just helping people in times. You know, it, it's it's it, it is a good thing. So, if you can explain, so what type of a practice are you in right now? Yeah, so I work in in primary care, family medicine right now. Uh, I currently, you know, we, we there's a, a shared building with an urgent care as well. Um, I have, you know, over the years, mo- the majority of my my career has been in primary care. Um, I know I've listened to some of your previous podcasts about how primary uh-huh. can be yeah, can yeah, be yeah. kind of can be kind of rough you know the idea is i think you said it is that you got to know uh, a, a little bit about everything as opposed to say a specialty where you got to know a lot about one thing yeah no i i totally agree you know i think you know yeah you know you're a bigger guy than i am i mean obviously you're <laughs> taller than me but you know the, the the thing is you know i, I you know i would always been emergency medicine and you know when i when i came here to washington started primary care um totally different animal totally different theme and all kinds of thing you know i mean i had to really because previously my experience you know 
as an as an EMT or whatever, you know, it's just my job for pre-hospital medicine, get you, package you, drop you off, and move yeah. on. But now I'm I'm having to learn how to sit with somebody, look at them like we're looking at each other, and, and listen and like figure it out. And I'll tell you, like I say, I think I think primary care should be a specialty in itself because just like in urgent care, when someone comes in, they sit down, and you talk to them. Okay, so. You know, so-and-so, what are you here for today? Uh, you know, um, I've been, I, I can't breathe, you know, it's, uh, that my breathing's become labored, it's a little bit short, you know, I can't walk distances. All right, you know, then you, you get into a train of thought, like, okay, is it worse when you lie down, when when you stand up? Well, when I lie down, it's bad. When I get up, it's a little bit better. Oh, congestion heart failure, maybe? Yeah. You know, let's, have you have you gained weight? You know, oh, look, you've gained 10 pounds in a week. Yeah, we got to fit, you know, so, yeah. you know, it, it but... And, and for me, you know, I'm with a patient 5, 10, 15 minutes. But in, pram, in family practice, I remember sitting there talking to the patient. And I'm like, oh, man, they're starting to tell me about their husband, their wife, you know, their kid. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I, I see this young lady, you know, before and after, you know, postpartum, you know. And, and yeah, it's a very big investment. Emotionally, it is because, you know, I remember getting close to specific families. And then when I had to leave because of moving to a different area it was it was kind of hard that i had to give up not just so much that relationship but that bond that i had established with a family you know i'm sure you got those patients that might just ask for you or look for you yeah, because yeah. because you you show them that you care you know and and i miss that but i'll tell you man family practice i don't know push 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 dude. And, you know it, and, it's interesting because the you know I worked urgent care, uh, not, not nearly as long as you, but uh, you know, a few years recently, and it, it that was a new experience for me. Actually, it was after so many years, I'd never really taken that approach, um, and so it was, it was, it was different. The idea that you're just bringing somebody in to treat them and and, and to give them the care they they need at the moment, but most of the time they're not going to follow yeah. up. More or less, we send them to, to primary care. Um, in primary care, you know, I I just love it. I mean, it was my you know, I first started working in, in community health and. Uh, I was there for some yeah, time. Man, kudos and, to you, dude. That's 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 good. That's that's tough. I'm kind of glad I did, and actually, I owe a lot of my approach and my passion for medical assisting to, to that time when I worked there because it was the the, the, the idea is, is nobody works there because they're getting rich. So people <laughs> right. pe- people work there because you, you really, I mean, you might get a break on student loans, but for the most part, you know, you're there because you you love what you do. Uh, yeah. At least you know most days. Some days are tough, but you know the patients. It doesn't. Those people in and they might be homeless or not all of them i mean we saw every, everybody but they might be homeless or underserved or underinsured that, that yeah. demographic yeah. um and you know they're they're having a rough life and so when they when they come in and when they come into the clinic just the smallest thing just greeting them with a smile i mean that just makes uh, their day yeah, better for sure um not to mention giving them the care they need yeah yeah <clears throat> so you know you say you've been an ma for about 14 years and you know i want people to i, I want to know how have you seen the growth of the medical assistant world? I mean, like I was saying, back when I started in 93, um, very simple things, you know, MAs are doing more desk work and stuff like that. But obviously, the ground, and I'm, I don't know if, if you ever face that type of deficiency in, in such a skill that, you know, you're more administrative than you're clinical. But how do you feel the medical assistant role has changed from when you started maybe to about midway to about where you are now how how has it changed 
Yeah, so I mean, as far as you know, I understand you. Been an MA for quite some time longer than me. I think about maybe double, um, and so you've mm-hmm. seen a lot of change. Uh, I, I feel like, at least from my perspective, the change in the last 14 years hasn't been as drastic. Um, I don't know if that's just because of the journey I've taken. You know, depending on, in my experience, you know, where you work and what specialty or what 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 you're doing um, or what your role is as, as an MA in that clinic will sort of vary whether or not you're doing a more clinical, more paperwork, or a little bit of both or, or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess what I could say is, you know, just over time, the changes that I've seen, you know, when I I work in such a different environment, it's still primary care now, but different than I was in community health when I started, that comparing, contrasting them. And well, let me ask you, is it because you think where you're at, we're at now, there are people that have insurance, the more middle-aged, middle-class people, is that is, is that really the big change you see there, obviously? You know what I would say in that, you know, with the whole... Obamacare thing that was passed. There's obviously been a lot of, of changes in, in health care, yeah. and, and I, I don't, can't speak for other states necessarily, but at least here it's had yeah. a decent impact. Um, and so I've seen that change. I've seen, you know, the that approach. But as far as, like, the demographics we're seeing now, you know, it's 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 definitely it's just a different different demographic. We're sure. doing the same thing. But over time, I've depending on where I've worked, you know, I've worked in gastroenterology for, for, for a year, it was a lot of phone calls, a lot of triage, a lot of, of paperwork, a lot of scheduling, yeah. very little hands-on. We're yeah. um, doing what I did as the, for, I didn't do procedures. Um, and then other, you know, so that's why anywhere I go, I try to get as much experience as I can doing it a lot of things, you know, community health to get opportunities to learn really lots of, lots of stuff. You know, and I want to, I want to enforce that. I want, I want to, I want to back that up with, uh, I think, not obviously primary care is a great is a great way to start because i you know when people ask me hey you know how should i start the first thing i say is medical assistant I say, hey medical assistant a lot of people have this impression that they have to be a nurse and then they're under the impression that it's just a four <clears throat> excuse me a four-year degree no it's a two-year degree and they free, they're, they're like really i just need it's, a, it's an associate so you need to be a nurse um but i say medical assistant because i think to work as a nurse, you know, let's say you're a new, you're a new nurse out of school, the fields are a little more finicky. They're looking for maybe somebody with experience as a nurse before yeah. they hire you, right? Yeah. So my thing is, be an MA. <clears throat> be an MA. Go to MA school, be an MA. The thing I've learned is, MA, medical assistant, has opened the door to many different things. Like GI experience, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. GI has grown tremendously because... You know, we're living a lot longer, a lot healthier. You know, people aren't expiring in their 60s and 70s. They're living to their 80s and 90s, you know, so it's a lot more work. And coming back to, you know, full circle around to, to family medicine, um, it's a great way to start because, like, like, like I say, I think it's a specialty. You have to know a little bit about everything, you know. And I think my history in, in, uh, in like, in, like in, as an AM, and everything else I'd experienced helped me a lot my EMS experience because you know I've handled a lot of different things and I was able to understand you know and for the time that I was in family practice I definitely learned a lot and I definitely learned a lot more in depth about vaccinations immunizations you know yeah you know a female doesn't have a first pass mirror until she's 21 I didn't know that I thought anyways but yeah, you know, stuff like that, you know, and, and that's interesting because now in the urgent care, you know, it's, it's crazy. 
I can't get family practice far enough away from me because, <laughs> you know, they come in and they and they tend to use urgent care like 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 family practice because they can't yeah, get so. into the primary care and that's fine and that's totally understandable. And I'll tell you, another opinion of mine is is that you know the family practice presence is grossly under. Um, well, not just underestimated, but under uh, there's just not enough out there. That, you know, I, I feel like yeah. I feel like these kids are going to medical school to be, you know, plastic surgeons and orthopedists and stuff like yeah, that. And, yeah. and the love for family practices is gone. So there's a disgusting lack of presence, you know, in the community. And you know, and you deciding to, you know, roll your sleeves up, get there every morning, enjoy it, have that, you know, that that personality, that attitude. I commend you, man. I commend you. But again, you know. It's uh, you can ha- you can keep it you can keep it <laughs> you know I mean I I gladly will uh, you know my I know sometimes it's hard you know in urgent care when patients call or follow up some uh, at least where I was you know you yeah. defer them to primary care for ongoing yeah. care as yeah. appropriate um, you know in, in primary care uh, you know they're they're calling here and, and we handle for the most part anything they ask us everything so, no, I mean, everything you guys you guys are amazing I mean you go from it's just it's just anything. Yeah. And, you know, and, and and so I think that's, and I, you know, we were talking before, before starting the recording, you know, we're talking about, you know, people having the gift or the talent or been given the divination or however you want to look at it, you know, because you can be a good MA, but as you said, horrible bedside manner, you use the term uh-huh. bedside manner. Yeah. They could have the best bedside manner, but they've got the driest personality. Yeah. You know, so... You know, to have that bedside manner, to have that personality, and then to have that skill, to have that knowledge, it's an amazing thing to have, to to walk into, to utilize, to show. And I'm sure, because I'm impressed with you, and I'm sure that when you go to work, people look up to you, they look for your direction, they ask you questions, they, because you know, and not just because of experience, but because you care. Yeah. You care, you know, you don't, you know, I don't you don't seem to you, to me. You don't look like the nine nine to five punching at nine out of five because I gotta go. You know, it's true, yeah. You know, to me, you, you seem like a kind of gentleman that you're there for the love of it. You're there for the appreciation of it, and that's why I tell. I've told people: first, become an MA. Two, family practice. I think is the best way to go because you learn a little bit, and it's interesting because you know when I finally was able to get back into. An emergency medicine setting I relied upon a lot of the knowledge that I learned back uh, in primary care yeah. now in urgent care every once in a while like you know, KDM or someone will send you know it'll be like 6:30, and there's a 16 year old that needs an MMR or she can't play on the basketball team yeah KDM's closed so I'm like well okay but you know, and then there's no standing order, and you got to pretend like it is, and you're like, well, what's going on here? You know, I have to reconstitute it, but you do it because it's what you do, right? Yeah, yeah it, so. it gives you, it's a good exposure, if nothing else, especially out of school, to see sort of what what uh, what draws you towards it, whether, you know, it's, it's cardiac or neurological or whatever, um, if anything even does, or maybe you're like, man, I really want to know more about the, the, the imaging and that we're ordering and go in that direction but you can get a lot of exposure to a lot of things when I mean, you're doing like uh you're doing you do these as well I, my understanding is the you know ear lavages and yeah. ekgs and yeah. all that stuff yeah. um and then you know we're we're referring people to specialists and following yeah. up on that 
Um, people are, you know, calling us for all different kinds of medications. I've seen so much over time and learned Holy about smokes. different medications. That's, you know, and, and that's one thing I want to bring up. And I, I think there's a lot that will agree with me. You know, it, there's a very tight relationship between urgent care and many specialties because they come to urgent care and they'll get a referral to general surgery for a hernia or to Durham for a possible melanoma, a family practice for, you know, establishing care because, you know, someone needs to establish care. Someone has a pill list of like 20 things urgent care doesn't do that established they can take care of it you know and unfortunately a lot of these individuals that come in you know established care with us they don't have that primary care and a month later we're getting requests for refill on albuterol you know flow vent and we're like we can't do that because well we we better you're just going to stop breathing and say we said you know it's just it you know that and that's why primary care is so important you know and i urge you know, if you're a listener and you're not, you know, you know, clinically inclined or an MA, you know, it, it just remember, you know, family practice is the best way to go. So if you don't have a family practitioner, find one this week, today, Google it. It's whatever. true. And I think I think urgent care, though, actually is beneficial in that way in the sense that people go there and it gives you guys an opportunity to, at the very least, if not briefly, just explain the importance of primary care sure. and, you know, why it's not appropriate or, uh, you know, it's well, not it's, yeah. it's not safe, really, for, for patients to be coming back to urgent care and the benefits of primary care of somebody coordinating your care for that time and in the future and ongoing. And then also explaining, you know, the, the intention um, of urgent care and how that works. Yeah. And so if those people, if urgent care didn't exist, a lot of times those people may or may not end up in the ED or might not go at all. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, there's even less of a chance that he's going to explain the importance of primary care to them. So I, I yeah. think it plays a good role in that. So... <clears throat> Let's get back to the boring topic of the pandemic. I mean, that's why I'm so spotty and uploading now, like I was saying, because I felt like for like a year, all I was talking about was COVID-19 and stupid people don't wear masks, you know, and, you know, it. Fridays was my day to upload, and I was like, eh, I don't want to talk about anything. But let me ask you this. Obviously, you, you were an MA through, you know, when the pandemic started. How, how has it changed your role as the medical assistant? How has it affected your relationship with your coworkers? How has it affected your relationship with your providers? How has it affected your relationship with, and, and this is and this is the heart of all the medical system, how has it affected your individuality, your emotion, dealing with these people in such a, you know, in such a, a difficult time right now, you know, where decisions, where we're going forward and backward between phases and, there are people that want to, don't want to vaccinate, people that do and don't want to wear masks, whatever. How does it affect you? I mean, does do you find yourself going home a lot more upset these days, more than usual? Do you find yourself being more, you know, unapproachable to your family because you've had such a tired, you know what I'm saying? So tell me, tell us about how this has affected you and your ability to care. Has it made you a better MA? Has it made you lose faith? What has it done for you? Yeah, so I, interestingly enough, when I, um, when COVID first hit, I was actually in urgent care, um, and I was there for the, the majority of it. I, I transferred back to primary at the end of November of last year. And so I had that experience of, in urgent care, of, of seeing it happen. You know, initially it happens and basically everything, business goes to zero almost overnight, and everybody's staying home like they should be. Uh, and then as testing came out, you know, we started doing 
testing and it was just an unbelievable flow and and it, you know at some point you know it, it, I loved the experience and the work but at some point it just became exhausting you know they were having you know there were staffing issues and whatnot and it was it was it was hard to keep up and so ultimately that at the time you know I I think I handled it pretty well you know I mean we you know I'm I'm my wife and, and my son at home you know we would we're just kind of realists about it uh, my wife at the time worked in food service she lost her, her job unfortunately and so now actually she's working in healthcare and in reception really um, it, she is because it, it gave her an opportunity after when covid knocked her out of the business she's a, a chef um by trade but she she was working as a for like a temp um, hiring agency and sure. they, they went out overnight pretty much and so she's she's doing that now um she's you know good she doesn't have a whole lot of a clinical experience but i've you know, Does she like it though? Is, is it growing on her? Or is it more like, well, it's a job for now, so I get back to my work? She she loves it. She because it's customer service, which gotcha. is a lot of what she was doing before. Gotcha. Um, and but it's new to her. But yes, absolutely, she she enjoys doing it. And and it you know it's it's steady work. Obviously, where we're at, she's the, she's actually is a reception or, or a call center for um, urgent care, nonetheless. Well, uh, let me tell you, give her my respects because dealing with people on the other end of the line, you know, where you just want to give them so many explicatives you know because they don't understand they don't understand it's your fault your fault your fault your fault give her my respects because to me customer service that ultimate format so you we'll, know and, and i hope she grows will do and she has my respect too because i you know i hear what she goes through and i i uh yeah. i tell her all the time that 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 is a very difficult job you're basically the front line um yeah. and you know but anything they're calling about they directed at you um as far as you know when i moved to primary care obviously the the difference here with COVID, you know, it's it was a little unique. When I first moved over, they didn't quite have vaccines out. There was a lot of unknown still. I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was a little bit uh, kind of a wave coming at the time, yeah. um, another wave. And so it was kind of interesting to see how that approach. You know, obviously, we've been doing, you know, we started doing virtual visits um, when, when COVID was done. That was new new to me. I'd never done this before. Right, right. Um, so it was a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of phone calls, a lot of coordinating um, virtually or, or, you know, with patients, without patients having to come in. Um, but honestly, I was very impressed. I mean, you know, I work, I work, I, I work in a relatively small clinic, but the people I work with, they're very, I mean, they were, they were great. You know, I didn't personally, I don't, I don't have any recollection of any patients adamantly not wanting to use a mask. If it's happened, I don't recall. Um, you know, some of them, you know, they have their opinions and that's okay. And my approach, which has really been what I learned a lot community health is, I respect people's opinions, sure. and you know I don't have to agree with it. But I'm not, you know, number one, I you don't talk about a lot of controversial stuff at work. You, half the healthcare is poker face, you know. You have to, you have to. Sometimes I have to pretend that I care about what they're saying because, I mean, I'm speaking on my part. You know, we've we've had that patient population that comes in and they just disregard all safety measures and everything, and you know everybody's just trying to move on with their life and get things done, and 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 here you go, you know, you put your, I mean. So you get up, you willingly put yourself health risk, family's risk to go out and help people, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that's the reality of it. You know, a lot of people don't think about that. They think, well, you know, I'm going to go see the doctor. That's, but they don't understand what it takes to get up and think, well, heck, here I go. COVID's still here. People are still sick. I could eventually become exposed then I could be an, an asymptomatic, non-symptomatic patient, take it to my wife or son, and potentially make them symptomatic, you know, and it's, it's, it's very stressful, you know, very, very stressful. 
And you know, I mean, how do you deal with that? Do you, do you just give them faith that you're doing the right thing, that you're following so proper I, hand hygiene? Or? I guess I have a, a unique ability, if you want to call it that, to just sort of see things. I'm a realist. So, sure. you know, the point is, number one, I was very, very grateful to have a job when all this hit because I know a lot of people didn't come in, not to yeah. mention the people that were dying and, and, and suffering. Yeah. And so we were, you know, we tried to keep an eye on what we had. Um, I was grateful with that. I'm lucky to work for a company that was, I personally feel, was very good about having to make sure we had our, our PPE and they were keeping us updated on what was happening and, and you know, if anybody was testing positive and they offered us, you know, even I think to this day they offer us, you know, COVID testing, yeah. no charge through this yeah. uh, expedited process. And so I felt very supported through that, which was nice, but through the company. Um, and then part of it is you go to work and, you know, somebody has to do this job. You know, so I had I had a lot of people, patients, say, you know, thank you for doing this, and, and that means a lot to me, absolutely. But, but my response kind of is, is you know, somebody has to do this, and and or you know, being a doctor, being a nurse, being a medical yeah. system, whatever it is, somebody has to do it, and you know, what if it's not me, it's going to be somebody else. Sure. And why is my life any more important than, than somebody else's? So I was just trying to see the the, the things that we were grateful for that yeah. actually had had a job, and, and I don't have school aid children and whatnot. So yeah. it, it was, no, I, and and I, I really hope people pick up that 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 mode train of thought. Really, I mean, you don't get into the healthcare business to to get rich, but uh, yeah, so, no, that's great. So, you know, what I want to do is um, so a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. One, how do you see the role playing out? How do you see the role playing out through not just the pandemic, but let's say within the next year to two years because you know you have those long haulers you have people that now have respiratory issues for the rest of their life do you see the ma role growing in that do you see the ma role becoming more responsible for that uh yeah i'm just saying because in primary care i mean i don't know how much sleep apnea you guys deal with referral wise or anything or you know pulmonary pfx or whatever i mean how how important do you feel that this ma role is going to be in making sure that you know the transition happens best way that it can yeah i mean i i think i think there's a lot of potential for for the way for ma's to be involved but you know from everything from just doing the virtuals that was kind of a new thing coordinating a lot of care for patients that can't or don't want to come in for for their own preference or whatever reason you know ultimately how that changes down the line i feel like virtuals actually even even pandemic lowering yeah uh, i feel like virtuals are going to be a bigger thing since we're already there people are used to it um, and it's, it'll just offer more opportunities. I mean, I've had some patients where, you know, they're being referred for something related to COVID. And it's been a unique approach trying to find maybe something specific that they needed that they hadn't really needed before. Um, and then there's a lot of high-risk patients, you know, that, that, that can't or, or don't want to come in. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, I think there's potential for a lot of change. Where exactly it'll be, I don't know. Uh, I feel actually very... Um, grateful is not the word, but uh, the fact that I've been able to be in the medical field through this, and I've been so, uh, you know, we've been very lucky in my family and whatnot, people I know, um, yeah. but to, to have lived through this, I mean, it's a... Yeah, 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 no, you know, and <clears throat> I'll just share this, you know, I think, and, and anybody can, can call in or rather email in, but if I remember correct, you know, when all this started, uh, the clinic I worked in, we were the first clinic, other than the ER pilot test and, and I you know and work I work with a great lab staff you know I mean they're the other half I mean I got to say front desk you know they, they I mean they're the ones sitting there with the shields 
<clears throat> and they're the ones dealing with these people walking in, having to give them direction what to do. You know, they become these, this, this, this traffic kind of, you know, kind of like herd herders, you know. But, you know, and then to be able to work with a with a lab, you know, that that's really, you know, that's responsible and that's great, you know, that they have your back. Because they're the ones processing it. You know, we're doing the rapid COVID, so they're the ones processing it, you know. Yeah. You know, we're collecting it. So, you know, I've been testing, collecting it. So, yeah, it, you're right. And it's collective, and I think it, it has it has more good code, So. And I just do just want to give a shout out to the front desk. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. To everywhere. Front desk and medical, I think, yeah. um, I think they're unfortunately underappreciated. Um, for sure. If, you know, if, if nothing for else, sure. by, for by sure. the patients because they're the they're the front of the line uh, when they call if the front desk is answering. Those patients kind of just kind of unload. Um, unfortunately, they kind of get that. And yeah. so then they just kind of want to talk to somebody else. So I shout out to the front desk everywhere. You guys are guys are heroes i mean you, 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 you take the front of it and they always do it with a smile on their face so no yeah sure so you know i want to go ahead and close this out with uh i want zach to close it out you know again this podcast is about you know your individuality your your, your presence and, and who you are and giving yourself to other people you know giving your your emotion, your heart, your, your dedication, your, your mental, you know, stability, you know, education. so, you know, I, I want you to close this, this episode out with, you know, tell everybody, how has this made you a better person, and, and why do you think the MA role, or the MA curriculum is the best way to go because I tell people when they when they want to go into school you know like I was saying in the beginning you know should I be a nurse everybody there's this push for nursing there's a push there's a push to take you know the the the, the, uh, the NP fast track you know six years you know study like mad you know don't enjoy life you know so how has it affected you why do you feel it's so important that this is a way that you can go and establish a life and why is medical assisting so important to you so, I mean, first off, medical assisting, the reason it's a good way to start is because you can get exposure, as I said, but also, you know, you, when you were saying earlier, you need experience, say, as a nurse or in the medical field. And so to be able to do that, you can get quite a bit of exposure as a medical assistant, whether whether it's, you know, seeing procedures, whether things you see or things you do or things you learn, just being able to be in that field and be on, on the clinical floor, seeing what's happening, that right there is, is invaluable. Um, you know, plus, depending on where somebody is, you know, they, they may or may not need kind of get through to start getting the medical field, get a job, be able yeah. to go through nursing school. So it can be, it offers a lot of, of great things as a starting point. You know, it, it would be, you know, unfortunately, if somebody was to go being a nurse and realize they halfway through that it wasn't their thing, oh, I feel yeah. like that's something you can kind of catch doing the medical thing first. Um, you know, for me, I just, I, I, I love customer service. I, I love, um, you know, I, I, I joke and I, and, uh, you know, my, I, my specialty is dealing with people that are upset or difficult people. And, you know, I know it sounds weird. Most people are, are kind of trying to avoiding that. But for me, you know, it's like anybody can, can talk to somebody and tell somebody something. But to do it within a way where the person is actually not only just stops complaining, but it's satisfied. Sure. You know, and I, I go to work with that goal every day that these, sure. you know, these patients, they're not coming here, you know, to be judged or be rude or anything like yeah. that. So. I go out of my way, and I think the role the medical assistants serve actually is 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 very big. You know, I mean, it, for me, it's my 
to go for me from you know I have patients that have gone traveling the world and brought me back as the medical assistant a gift and I couldn't even personally that's tell powerful you. that I mean that's powerful when, when you got somebody half a continent away thinking about you or you know when they bring in cookies or whatever that you know you you've touched someone's life I agree and I'm like they the fact that they not only know who remember who their MA is but to think of something like that so when they're they're so far far away to me that is almost one of the highest compliments you can get and so I just love it. I love it. I do. I get up and I do it every day. And my goal is to change everybody, give them a positive experience. All right. Perfect. Perfect. All right, guys. So, Zach, thanks again for coming on. Um, you know, if, if we can, I'd love to have you on. Oh, again. yeah. Um, you know, let's let's go out and pick up some bad vibes and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everybody. So, again, um, this is All Things Medical Assistant. And, you know, like I said, very excited that 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 Zach came uh, the way of, of, of the podcast because now you get to hear someone else's uh, point of view, understanding, interpretation. However, and 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 again, that's what all things medical system is all about. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to get you, the listener, the crowd, and uh, in, you know, involved into this, and and this can happen remotely. It doesn't have to be in person. Um, there's different ways to do it. Again, you know, go to the uh, go to the blog, allthingsmedicalassistant.com, and I believe that's the way you found how to get a hold of me. Yep, it is. You'll find uh, you'll find an, an email there uh, to email, and yeah, go ahead and reach out. If you think any of this could have been improved on, if you have any opinion, whatever, go ahead, come on, um, go ahead and give me a go and give me a, an email or whatever, and then we'll go from there. You can find All Things Medical Assistant on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also find All Things Medical Assistant on Anchor.fm. On Anchor.fm, you will uh, find a, a spot to send a, an email. And hey, let's do this. <clears throat> Anybody listening, if you have a question for Zach, if you want to know something more from Zach, go ahead, send that email in, and I'll share it with him, and we'll get him on uh, sometime soon, okay? So again, this is Santino Teas for All Things Medical Assistant. Thank you again for listening. And you know what? Remember, through this whole thing that we're going through, through differences opinions and all that let's just try and be a good steward of the community let's just be good to each other okay all right guys thanks for listening and uh, stay healthy until next time <laughs>